Welcome to Leading and Learning. My name is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading and Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Make sure you stick around until the end of the episode for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. The title of this week's episode on Leading and Learning is Introduction to Kingdom Leadership. You know, if you go in any bookstore, if you search Amazon for books on leadership, there's going to be hundreds of them. And they all come at leadership a little bit differently. But you know, leadership wasn't man's idea, it was God's idea. And I think it's good to get a kingdom perspective on what kingdom leadership really looks like. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two requirements of a kingdom leader. You know, sometimes we think a leader has to to go to a certain amount of school or have a certain amount of experience. And while those things are good and, and can be important, really a kingdom leader is, first of all, a person who loves God with all their heart. That's the first requirement. Um, In the kingdom, if we're going to lead others, we have to have a love for God, a passionate love for God, and be committed to Him. The second requirement is that we love other people like we love ourselves. Those are the two requirements for kingdom leadership. If you can love God and love other people, we can usually teach you the other stuff. We can, you know, help you with the management skills and and, and, and some leadership principles that will Um, be beneficial, but loving God and loving other people are the two primary keys for kingdom leadership. Now I want to give you four characteristics of what a kingdom leader looks like. And when I talk about leader, this can be anything from uh, leading a small group in your church. You could be a manager or a supervisor in your company. Um, you could you know, lead a Bible study, a Sunday school class. You could be serving in some level. Um, you know, for us, leadership encompa- you know, encompasses a lot of different things, all the way up to, um, in a church setting, a senior pastor or the CEO of a company. But um, kingdom leadership, these characteristics are always going to be found in a kingdom leader. The first one is leadership always equals serving. You know, sometimes we think that, that if man, if we can just attain that next promotion, we won't have to do as much. But, you know, in reality, those of us who have obtained that next, obtained that next promotion, we know it just means we're going to have to work that much more. Leadership equals serving. Every new level of leadership increases our level of serving. You know, in, in, in the church especially, We want to be spiritual contributors, not just spiritual consumers. Jesus himself said in Mark 10, 45, he said, I didn't come to be served. This is the Son of God. He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave us a great example of of what kingdom leadership looks like because on the night before his crucifixion, Right before he was betrayed, he, he got down on his hands and knees and washed his disciples' feet. This was the most demeaning task 
anybody could ever perform. It was given to the the lowliest of all the servants, this, this task of washing people's feet. And yet Jesus did it for his disciples. And, you know, sometimes we think leadership, well, it's all about, you know, having authority. But really, authority comes out of serving. And as we serve, as we serve with a great attitude, serving always leads to number two, our second characteristic, and that is influence. Leadership equals influence. But the way we get to influence is through serving. You know, our goal as leaders is to be influential. That's really what leadership is. Our goal is to guide people or a group or an organization towards a goal. Excuse me. We can only do this. We can only give this guidance if we have influence. And influence is much more important than a title or, or even positional authority. You know, when I worked for the police department, um, I attained the rank of lieutenant before I retired, and I had a lot of authority. I could, I could give orders, and I could have people do things. But they might be doing the order without really understanding it, or they might be doing what I told them to do um, without wanting to do it. And there's a time and a place for that, I guess. But it's so much better when we have influence with people, and we ask them to do something, and they do it because now they want to do it. So influence is always more important than than authority. When we talk about authority, it means people follow or do what you say because they have to. Influence means people will follow or do what you say because they want to. So we want to have a positive influence. Rick Warren, one of the the great pastors in in the United States, a pastor of a large and influential church in California, uh, Rick Warren says, You can impress people from a distance, but you can only have influence with them up close. In other words, you've got to get to know your people. You've got to drink a cup of coffee with them. You've got to find out about their families. You've got to know what makes them tick. And then two other important keys that that will help us with having influence, and and these these can be kind of difficult. They're vulnerability and transparency. You know, sometimes in a leadership position, we think, well, I can't really be vulnerable or, or people will, you know, not trust me. I can't really be vulnerable or people will know that I don't have it all together. Listen, we all know the boss doesn't have it all together. None of us have it all together. We're all human. We all have, we all have our human frailties. None of us have it all together. But when we, we share our vulnerabilities, when we're transparent with people, These two things endear people to us. Instead of pushing people away, it actually draws people to us because they realize, wow, the boss is human too. Wow, my pastor, I didn't know he struggled with the same thing that I'm struggling with. And it actually draws people to us and and increases our influence. So leadership equals serving. Leadership equals influence. Number three, the the third characteristic is leadership is equals vision. Leaders have the ability. This is one of the things that sets its leaders apart from other people. Leaders see what other people do not. Leaders have the ability, first of all, to see the big picture. They, they, they can see further down the road. Um, departmental leaders should have a vision for their department. A small group leader should have a vision for their group. 
A Sunday school class teacher should have a vision for their class. But all those smaller visions are always going to fit under the bigger vision that the, the pastor or the CEO or the president of the company has. But leaders have vision. And being able to see how everything fits together in the organization is so important for leadership. But leaders also can see the little picture. They know exactly where each smaller part of the organization fits in, and they see how important it is. Um, in the church setting, it might be as simple as understanding that the reception team is very important, and in some ways just as important as the worship team. Because if, if people aren't being greeted as they come in, their hearts aren't going to be ready to worship. So, so, so people in leadership understand how the different um, segments of, of an organization fit together. Another thing that leaders see is they see talent and ability in other people, and then they know how to draw it out. Um, leaders have this, this ability, and sometimes I think it's, it's, we're, we're taking a chance on people, but, but that's okay too because we're trying to pull out the best in people. We're, we're looking for those, those diamonds in the rough. We're looking for those, those people with, with talents that haven't been discovered yet, and we want to draw it out and help them reach their full potential. And then the, the last thing that leaders see when we're talking about vision is leaders also see potential problems, and then they know how to steer around them. This is such an important part of leadership because, you know, we can learn by experience. In other words, we can travel down the road and, and, don't, and not see the problem ahead and run head on into it and then deal with the, the fallout of that problem. Or we can look down the road and see the problem and then steer around it. And that's always going to be better. It's always going to be better when we can see the potential problems and then steer the group around them. So three characteristics so far. Leadership equals serving. Leadership equals influence. Leadership equals vision. And then the last one, number four, the fourth characteristic of leadership, kingdom leadership, is leadership equals faith. A person full of faith is confident. Think about it. Think about your work experience or or maybe your volunteer experience at church, or, or any kind of position of leadership that you've been involved in, or a position where you've been serving and looking up to somebody else for leadership. Isn't it better to follow somebody who's confident about where they're going? Doesn't it make you feel more secure when your leader has faith? Faith that, that they know where they're going. They have faith in you and faith in the organization. Faith is a very powerful force in leadership and we can't ever underestimate it. People will not follow someone who lacks confidence. People won't follow somebody if they always focus on the negative. Faith is attractive. People are drawn to people who know where they're going. Remember in the Bible, Moses told a group of people, maybe a million people or more, he said, we are going to leave Egypt and the Pharaoh can't stop us. And the people followed him, and they did. Joshua came up against the, the, the walled city, the impregnable city of Jericho. And he told the people, he said, we are going to take that city. David, little David, the shepherd boy, um, 
came up against the great giant, the, the eight, nine, ten foot tall giant, Goliath. And David told all those around him, he said, I'm going to kill that giant and I am going to cut his head off. And men began to follow David after he did what he said. And he became a, a successful warrior and captain in, 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 in the army and ultimately the king of Israel. So speak the positive. Sometimes you may not feel positive. Sometimes you might know things that you can't share with your people about the organization, and you may not feel confident, but your people are going to, to, to mirror your attitude. If you're negative and pessimistic, expect your people to be negative and pessimistic. But if you're positive, if you're hopeful, if you're confident, if you're full of faith, your people are going to feed off that as well. Now, as, as a person of faith, one of the things that, that I always encourage other leaders to, 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 to be thinking about is, what are you believing God for on a personal level? If we're, if we're going to talk about faith, what is it that you're believing God for? It might be for the salvation of a lost loved one. It might be for, for a physical healing or a financial miracle. But, but I encourage you to have something specific that you are in the process of believing God for because it's going to keep our faith strong. It's going to build our faith up, and it's going to allow us to have more, more influence and, and uh, be more effective leaders. So leadership equals faith. So just to recap real quick, leadership equals serving, leadership equals influence, leadership equals vision, and then leadership equals faith. And, of course, the first things we mentioned were the two requirements for kingdom leadership, and that's that we love God with all of our heart and that we love other people as ourselves. If we can do these things, then we're going to be kingdom leaders. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. Do you have a thought or a comment or a question about kingdom leadership? Maybe I missed something. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know. Go to davidspell.com and leave your question or your comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. Subscribing will also put you on the list to get my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. Now, if you need some leadership ideas, if you need some help setting goals, if you need some tips on how to be more productive, check out my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond. I know you're going to love it. It's full of practical, helpful leadership and self-improvement management and time management tips. So I'll leave a, a link in the show notes, so check it out. Well, now it's time for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. How often do you go offline? You know, most of us are constantly online. Well, first of all, we're on, many of us are online at work because so much of the work that we do requires us to sit in front of a computer and work, and the Internet becomes a very, very important tool. But even away from work, most of us are constantly online, checking our Facebook our Twitter, our Instagram, our LinkedIn. I'd like to encourage you to take some time every day away from your electronic devices. 
I try and take two to two and a half hours every day where I'm not staring at the phone. And you know what I'm talking about. You can't go out into public and without seeing people that are staring at their phones every couple of minutes. But I find that spending some, some, a few hours a day away from staring at the screen is incredibly beneficial to me. First of all, in the morning during my morning devotions, I, I try not to get online at all. During that time, you know, read my Bible, spend some time praying, spend some time thinking, some time meditating, but some time where I'm offline, not checking Facebook, not checking email, just focusing on, on my time with God and, and my, my, my own personal spiritual life. Another place that I find being offline really helps me is at the gym. It always amazes me to see people in the gym checking their phone between every set of lifting weights or whatever it is that they're doing, constantly checking their phone, looking at the, their, their status updates or whatever. I wonder what would happen if they would give 100% of their focus to their workouts. I find that the gym, my workout time in the gym, the hour, hour and a half that I have in the gym, is such a great time for me to get some, some very good thinking done. I do some of my best thinking and some of my best problem solving in the gym. While I'm working out, I'm mulling things over in my mind, I'm, I'm pondering situations that we're dealing with or other things, and I find often as I'm working out, sometimes the solutions will come. So, so take some time offline, use, use it for thinking, use it for, for developing your spiritual life, use it for doing some problem solving, Get offline and see if it helps you. Give it a try. Now, as we close today, I'd like to ask for just a small favor. Would you take just a moment and go to iTunes, give Leading and Learning a quick review. Good reviews help us get our content to more and more people just like you. It would be such a help if you could do that. Thank you so much for doing that. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.